Today, I'm going to read for you Psalm 23, a, a familiar psalm to so many of us, but uh, I'm going to read it from the message, a version that uh, tries to put it as simple as possible in today's language, as, as easily accessible uh, to us as possible. So here we go, Psalm 23. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through death's valley, I'm not afraid when you walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Amen. This, this line... Uh, in verse 3, just stands out to me so much. You let me catch my breath. I feel like that's where so many of us are right now. You know, this quarantine season, it's, uh, it's kind of drug on. It, it's been this uh, longer process than maybe some of us planned. And um, while we, we pray and we pray for safety and health for those in the medical field, especially those suffering with this illness, even for the rest of us who are just Dealing with the effects of being quarantined at home, it can be a long process. It can be a drawn-out process. And don't we just need this from God right now? You let me catch my breath. So that is our prayer, that as we enter into this service, that this would be a time where you could just pause uh, from the busyness of life, that you could pause from what sometimes feels like um, like the opposite of busy, like you have nothing going on, but you still have no energy, um, that you could just pause and you could use this time to catch your breath and to catch your breath in a way that hopefully leads you through the rest of this week and feeds you as you go. So we're going to do some special things in this service today. We're going to read scripture together like we always do. We're going to meditate on it together like we always do, and we're going to sing songs of worship like we always do. But this week, we've added in a digital way uh, for you and, and for me and for everyone at home uh, to experience communion together. Uh, so we're going to do that later in the service. So I invite you, uh, when we get to that time, if you just pause the tape, then uh, collect in your own home uh, elements that we'll use for communion. You know, something as, as simple as juice and crackers or juice and bread, you know, is totally fine. So we're going to invite you to do that uh, later on in the service, and, and we're going to experience communion together. We can be relationally close, uh, even though we are geographically far away, even though we are uh, far away from each other uh, in space, we can still be relationally close. So that is our prayer for the service. And again, Psalm 23, God is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch 
my breath, and you send me in the right direction. Yes, God, that is our prayer for this service, that you would have this be a time where we could just catch our breath, and you would send us from this time in the right direction, in your direction. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these last few days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but couldn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus had, was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let us pray. Lord God, as we enter into your word, uh, we enter into the study of it and to, to looking at what you have for us today, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be present uh, here in this place and in each person's home. That, that we would know that as we gather as the church, we don't need to gather in a building to be a church. That we can gather together this way and we can worship and we can uh, look to you to speak into our lives. So Lord, we just pray that this message would be used in that way. That you would speak into our lives what you have for us today and that you would just shine a light uh, into us so we can shine a light out into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, happy Easter. Uh, maybe you didn't realize it, but Easter is actually a season uh, in the church. It's not just one day, uh, so you don't have the wrong recording. Uh, it is still a happy Easter uh, time. We are in the second Sunday of Easter, so we're going to continue with that for our message. As, as you already heard in the reading, uh, we're talking about uh, what commonly is referred to as the road to Emmaus. 
this is a reading that directly takes place right after our reading from last week, right after our Easter message. This is the next uh, set of verses in the Gospel of Luke. And, and as I was reflecting on this, uh, this verse and, and what's been going on here, uh, I just kept thinking of this season that we're in. Uh, the season of springtime, you know, there's so much, so much joy to spring. It's always been one of my favorite seasons as you come out of what often is a cold and bitter winter. Uh, and, and the weather starts to warm up and we start to feel the sun heat through our bodies. Uh, it, it's so beautiful that this is the time of year that Easter is. That this is the time of year that we celebrate the resurrection, as, as our world around us, in a way, comes back to life, uh, that we're able to celebrate uh, Jesus' resurrection and him coming back to life. Um, you know, this is a time of year uh, that, that can be understood as this time, again, of new life. Uh, weather's getting warmer. Uh, the snow has melted away for most of us. Uh, plants are starting to spring up. We've already had some flowers show up in our yard at home. Uh, grass is turned green. Trees are starting to show uh, signs of new life. You know, kids are able to get out of the house. They're able to play outside some. Uh, and parents are thankful. Uh, and we're able to just kind of do all these outdoor activities. And that's normally what my family would be doing during this time. Normally my family... Uh, if this was a normal year, we'd be going outside, we'd be going for hikes, we'd be trying to find new places to explore. Uh, we would probably travel uh, a little bit around our region here, find some stuff that we aren't familiar with, uh, find some of God's beauty and just enjoy it. Uh, and, and this season is weird. This season is weird because as we enter into this spring and we leave the winter behind, we also have entered into this, this season that we've become familiar with, in a way, this, this kind of quarantine uh, season, and everything that we've called normal uh, in years past has become interrupted. And, and if I'm totally honest, as I reflect on this, it feels like a little bit of a letdown. It feels like uh, like we were doing things, we were meeting together, we were, we were gathering, we were building relationships as a church and, and, and beyond, and then we enter into this time and we can't be close, uh, and it's just not what any of us had in mind. It's not what any of us had in mind when we thought about Easter and we thought about this season and, and moving into it. This isn't our plans. This isn't how we would have put it. Uh, but we can trust and we can know that God is doing something. You see, in all, in all stories, uh, in, all, in all seasons, there's, there's different ways that we can tell ourselves the story. There's different ways that we can look at what is going on in our circumstances. We can kind of narrate to ourselves what is happening. And, and certainly we can watch the news, media, and, and we can become fixated and we can become anxious and we can go into kind of this vicious cycle of anxiety uh, and over-planning and anxiety and over-planning and anxiety and over-planning and, and just keep triggering different places in our brain. Um, but if we slow down and if we look 
often we can see blessings that God is doing through this time. So that, uh, I'll get to it more later in the service, but that is going to be my challenge to you at the end of this time, at the end uh, of this service, that in this next week and maybe longer, that you would take the time each night to write down several blessings that you've had uh, that day, that we can start telling ourselves uh, a story of God's goodness during this time and not, not just a story of what's going on in the world around us. There's, certainly there's tragedy happening. Certainly people are falling ill and, and we need to be praying for them and lifting them up and, uh, and doing whatever we can to support them. But even for our own mental health, I think we can also try to be intentional about writing a story that says that, that God is still blessing us in the midst of this. So that's my encouragement to you uh, as we get going here. And, and as I mentioned, uh, we are in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 32, as read for you earlier. And, and here in Luke 24, we find uh, two of Jesus' disciples. And they're traveling on a road from Jerusalem uh, to a city called Emmaus. And as they travel, they're reflecting on what has happened in this last week. They're reflecting on all the things that they have witnessed, ways uh, that this hasn't gone how they've planned. These disciples, they're traveling on foot, and as many people do as they travel, they, they're striking up conversation. They're talking about the realness of life. They're talking about their own hurts. They're talking about their own brokenheartedness. They're overwhelmed. They're scared. And they've left Jerusalem behind. And, and they've set off on the road. Anxiety here is at an all-time high in their lives. They're caught again in this vicious cycle of thoughts um, that, that turn to worry. And then again, anxious thoughts and worry and anxious thoughts and worry. And, and they've just been cycling through this as they've been walking. And it's at this moment that we read that Jesus Christ himself, the resurrected Jesus Christ himself, makes his first appearance in the Gospel of Luke. And we read that Jesus Christ comes alongside them on the road, but they are kept from recognizing him. So as they're walking, there's a whole crowd, and, and Jesus' uh, his resurrected self comes alongside them and is walking with them, and he simply starts asking them questions. He meets them right where they are. They're on the road traveling, and he meets them right where they're at, and he asks them, what are you discussing as you walk along? Jesus just appears to them to be another traveler, leaving Jerusalem after the Passover festival. Um, so the disciples, they respond in this way. They say, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? who doesn't know the things that have happened in these days. What things, Jesus says. Of course, 
Of course Jesus knows what things they're talking about. But note, here he comes alongside them and he meets them where they are and he asks them, what things are bringing you this anxiety? What things are bringing you this worry? They reply about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed, before God and before all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. And then we get to this sentence that I want to focus on for the rest of today. His disciples continue and they say, But we had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. But we had hoped that he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel. Can't you just hear the pain in their voices here? They go on to explain that that his body has been found missing by, by Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. Uh, and, and, and they came to the disciples and they said that they saw a sight of angels and that the angels uh, said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And that some of the disciples immediately then rushed to the tomb and they, they arrived and they found it just as, uh, as was as it was described to them, it was empty. There was just his burial linens uh, laying in a pile. But Jesus was not there. Now there's so much we could dive into here. There's so many ways that we could look at this verse. And, and many of them are very uh, good and right. What I want to focus on is that here we have seen the resurrected Jesus come alongside his followers. He is drawn near. He has come close. He knows what they're feeling. He knows what they're going through, but it doesn't stop him from asking the question. And his followers voice their own hurt. They voice their own fears. And they focus on this statement, but we had hoped. We had hoped. Now, couldn't we all just say uh, that statement in our own lives in so many different ways? We had hoped things were going to turn out different. Whether it's during this season or it's rather a, a broader part of your own life, we had hoped, and our hopes have fallen through. It's, it's part of what it means to live in this world. It's part of what it means to live as humanity uh, in this time. We had hoped in so many things. We had hoped in relationships that didn't turn out the way that we planned. We had put our hope in jobs. We had put our hopes in, in communities of people that, that didn't react in the way that we needed them to. That didn't love us like we loved them. We had put our hope in family 
and family sometimes lets us down. We had put our hope in loved ones. We had put our hope in these different roles of life that we, that we dreamed of, that we thought of ourselves being in. We had put our hope in education. We had put our hope in ourselves. And just like the disciples in our reading today, often we come to these places of life, these roads that we are traveling on, and we travel on them brokenhearted. We travel on them as weak, hurting people who have put our hopes in something. Something that has fallen through. What I find beautiful in this verse is that Jesus, again, comes alongside them. Right where they are. And I believe he still does it today. I believe he comes alongside us in these moments. And and sometimes it's in a small whisper. And sometimes it's through friends and through loved ones. But he uses people and he uses circumstances to say what hopes have fallen through in your own life. And, and what I just love here, and what I think is so vitally important, is that Jesus doesn't come alongside some fake version of ourselves. Some version of ourselves that we want the world to believe that we are. He doesn't come alongside uh, this, this version that's, that's all uh, dressed up, if you will. This version that That is how we want to present ourselves. He comes alongside our real selves. Again, not who we show the world, but who we are in those still, quiet moments of worry and anxiety. He comes alongside us. Jesus is the one who desires to connect. And he desires to connect with you even right now. What are you discussing? What questions are most pressing to you right now? Jesus is wanting to hear from you. He's wanting you to build this relationship with him. He's wanting you to pause, to slow down, to speak or to think your worries to him. He has desire to connect. He has a desire to reconnect and reconnect and reconnect as life goes on. In Easter, we find Jesus and who he is and And we find this resurrected Christ that comes alongside of us for all time. He comes alongside each one of us in ways that he couldn't before. In ways that before his resurrected body he was not able to do. And he's able to come and say, what are you discussing? As I mentioned at the start of this, I want to put out that challenge to you. I want to put out a challenge that says, write down several ways uh, daily, 
every evening maybe, write down a few ways that you have seen God's blessing. Because if you don't, during this time, you will forget them. I guarantee it. We all do. If you don't write them down, you'll forget what God has done. And we can tell different stories right now. When, when Jesus comes and he says, what are you discussing? We could tell it in many different ways. But we're going to try to be intentional as a church community to write down ways that God is blessing us right now. Small things or big things, things that we have seen God do in our lives and the lives of people around us. And as we do, as we uh, write these down, we're going to help tell a story that is different. And if you feel like sharing, I, I think sharing this is good for a church community. I think sharing this uh, can prevent us from feeling alone. So if you're willing to share, I encourage you to email uh, Christina in our church office. It's just office at and then chapelinthepines.org. Uh, you can find it on the website, office at chapelinthepines.org. Just share one or two small things that you see God doing. And we're going to put uh, together a collection, and we're going to put them in our church email newsletter. And we're able to just, just thank God together as we read through these blessings that we are doing. Of course, there's pain in the world. Of course, there's hurting, and we need to lift them up, and we need to pray, and we need to do whatever we can to keep people safe and healthy and whole. And we need to pray to a God of restoration to bring healing to people's bodies. But that's not the only story that's happening right now. There's, there's things that God is doing, and we get to tell the story. So that is my encouragement to you in this week ahead, that please write down each week, or each night, please write down several things that you have seen God do. And if you haven't, you can't think of any, you can't think of anything God has done, then simply pray that God would open your eyes to see the blessings around you, because they're there. And I just pray that as you enter into this week, that Jesus, again, would come alongside you and you would be able to just discuss openly and honestly what you had hoped, what you had dreamed, and what has fallen through. Because he loves us, and because he cares, and because he wants to connect with you.